0: What's happening in Russia and China and South Korea and Iran? These are hot spots in prophecy. What does the Bible say about them? And should we be concerned so much about these countries, which are barely mentioned in the Bible? This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's start in Jeremiah chapter 7, or I'm sorry, 49, verse 7. Concerning Edom, thus says the Lord of hosts, is wisdom no more in Teman? Now, Teman is a city in Saudi Arabia. Is counsel perished from the prudent. Is their wisdom vanished? Flee, turn back, dwell deep, O inhabitants of Dedan. That's another city in Saudi Arabia. For I will bring the calamity of Esau upon him, which is another word for Edom, the time that I will visit him. And then I want to drop down to Uh, Verse 23, concerning Damascus, Syria, Hamath is confounded, Arpad, these I believe are cities in Syria, for they have heard evil tidings, they are faint-hearted and melted away, there is sorrow on the sea, and it will not be quiet. Damascus is waxed, feeble, and turns herself to flee. Fear has seized her. Anguish and sorrows have taken her. As a woman in travail, the city of praise is no longer. It's not left, the city of my joy. Therefore, her young men shall fall in her streets and... All the men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord of hosts. I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Then in verse 28, concerning Kedar, another city in Saudi Arabia, I believe, concerning the kingdoms of Hazor, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Now, where is his reign? Where was his rule? He was the very first world ruler, the king of kings at the time. Well, it was Saudi. It was all the uh, the land east of that, which would be Iran and Iraq, Iraq and Iran, that is, and then northerly all the way up into Turkey and Eastern Europe. It was a big deal. It was kind of a large region there called Idumea in the Bible, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, shall smite, thus says the Lord, arise, arise, And go up to Kedar and spoil the men of the east. Their tents and their flocks, they shall take away. And they shall take to themselves their curtains and vessels and camels and everything they have. For they live in tents. And I added that part. And they shall cry unto them, Fear is on every side. Flee, get you afar off, dwell deep. O you inhabitants of Hazor, says the Lord, For Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, has taken counsel against you. Well you know there's type and antitype of prophecy. There's a former fulfillment and a latter fulfillment. And so this is prophetic in my view. Arise, get you up into the wealthy nation. Huh, like Saudi Arabia. Well, they're wealthy because of the oil. A nation that is at ease, that dwells without care, says the Lord, which have neither gates nor bars and dwell alone. Well, that's pretty much defining the area. Their camels shall be booty, and the multitude of their cattle a spoil, their food, in other words, it's what they eat. And I will scatter into all the winds them that are there to the uttermost corners, and I will bring their calamity from all sides, thereof says the Lord. Verse 34 says this The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah, the prophet, against Elam. Now, where's that? I believe Elam, if you uh, look at the uh, Bible maps and such, you'll find that it's Iran. The beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, in in the beginning of the reign of uh, Zedekiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will break the bow of Elam, the chief of their might. Huh. And upon Elam, I will bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven, and I will scatter them toward all those winds. And there will be no nation where the outcasts of Elam, or Iran, shall not come. I will cause Elam to be dismayed. Now, this is talking about the whole region. There, it's talking about Amman Jordan. It's talking about Saudi Arabia. It's talking about Turkey. It's talking about the just the whole region: Iran, Iraq, and such. But it shall come to pass, verse thirty-nine. In the latter days, that I will bring again the captivity of Elam, says the Lord. That's Iran. Captivity means they've been conquered, a conquered people. Wow. Now, chapter 50 is what I really wanted to get at. The word of the Lord, the word that the Lord spoke against Babylon, now, I believe this is referring to the Chaldean area called, today, Iraq. and Against the land of the Chaldeans by the prophet Jeremiah. Declare among the nations. See, it's plural. There's more than one nation. Publish and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not. Say or cry out or tell, Babylon is taken. Bel is confounded and Merodach is broken in pieces. Her idols are confounded and her images are broken in pieces. Verse 3 For out of the north there shall come up a nation against her which shall make her land desolate and none shall dwell therein. They shall remove and they shall depart, both man and beast. Now, this is kind of interesting. This reminds me of Micah chapter 7 and verse 13. Let's just go there a second. It's before Zephaniah, before Habakkuk. It's before Nahum. There's Micah. Micah seven thirteen. Notwithstanding, the land shall be desolate because of them that dwell therein for the fruit of their doings. And other translations say that a little bit better. They say that the desolation is due to the sins of the people that live there. Wow. And so that's kind of what we see in verse 3. For out of the north comes up a nation against her, which shall make her land desolate, and none shall dwell therein, and they shall remove and depart both man and beast. In those days and in that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come together. And they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping, they shall go and seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion. You see, all these other countries and what's going on in in them are just sideshows. This is the main event, the Middle East. Keep your eyes focused on the Middle East. China, Russia, um, all the other countries that we're dealing with, they are mere sideshows by comparison but they're also all going to have a hand in World War 3 seems to me they all have a have a part to play in that they shall ask the way to Zion this is chapter 50 of Jeremiah verse 5 their faces toward Jerusalem saying Come and let us join ourselves to the Lord, excuse me, to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. Bingo, exactly. My people have been lost sheep, their shepherds have caused them to go astray, they have turned them away. You know, it's funny how. We should look to our leaders, yes, but not trust them because they don't always tell the truth. And sometimes they get trapped by their own ways and their own mouth and they make promises they just can't keep. God, forgive us all and help us do better. Help our words to be accurate and true. They have turned them away from the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They were big and pompous and arrogant, and now they're nothing but a little hill. They have forgotten their resting place is in God, in other words. All that found them have devoured them, and their adversaries say, We don't offend because they have sinned against the Lord, as we read in Micah 7, verse 13. The habitation of justice. God is the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Remove them out of the middle of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans. Be as the he-goats before the flocks, For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves in array against her, and from there she shall be taken. Their arrows shall be as of a mighty expert man, and none shall return in vain." The Chaldeans shall be a spoil. Wow. All that spoil her shall be satisfied, says the Lord. This to me is not spiritual Babylon, and some people say spiritual Babylon is America, the US of A. No. No, 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 no. Idumea is a region. It is a region, a conglomerate of all the nations that were ruled by King Nebuchadnezzar, in my view. Let's go down to verse 13. Because of the wrath of the Lord, it shall not be inhabited. It shall be wholly, completely desolate. Every one that goes by Babylon shall be stunned, astonished, and shall hiss at all her plagues. Put yourselves in array against Babylon, round about. Surround her, in other words. All you that bend the bow and shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she has sinned against the Lord. Shout against her, round about. She has given her hand, submitted herself. You know, Islam means submission. She has submitted herself. Her foundations are fallen. Her walls are thrown down. For it is the vengeance of the Lord that he took on her. As she has done due to her. Cut off the sower from Babylon. In other words, no more food and him that handles the sickle in the time of harvest. For fear of the oppressing sword, they shall turn every one to his people, and they shall flee every one to his own land. Israel is a scattered sheep. The lions have driven him away. First, the king of Assyria has devoured him, and last, this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has broken his bones. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will punish the king of Babylon and his land, as I punished the king of Assyria. And I will bring Israel again to his habitation, and he shall feed on Carmel and Bashan and his life shall be satisfied upon Ephraim, the mountain, and Gilead, in those day, excuse me in, in those days, and at that time says the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, but there shall be none, and the sins of Judah, but they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. You want to be one of those people? I do. I want to be part of those that gets protected and pardoned. Absolutely. Go up against um Let's see what else. Against the inhabitants of Pekod. Now, that's Syria, so I understand it, according to Ezekiel 23.23. 23. Waste and utterly destroy them, says the Lord, and do all according that I have commanded. Well, let's just go there to Ezekiel 23 and verse 23. Here's what it says. The Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod, there's the word Pekod again, and Sheoah and Koa, and all the Assyrians with them. The Assyrians are the Syrians of today. All of them desirable young men, captains and rulers, great lords and renowned, all of them riding upon horses. And they shall come against you with chariots and wagons and wheels and with the assembly of the people, which shall set against you the buckler and shield and helmet round about and I will set judgment before them and they shall judge you according to their judgments and I will set my jealousy against you and they shall deal furiously with you now this word jealousy what is that? well In our day, in America, we think that means that somebody else is trying to get the better of us. Well, and then we get envious of their power. Well, that's not the real meaning of this, jealousy. Jealousy is when someone is trying to hurt my beloved and I'm going after them. That's exactly what it is. And this is the way God... Is jealous. He is a jealous God. It means zealous for the life and welfare of someone else. It has nothing to do with envy. So I just thought I'd bring that out, even though I think I said that last week as well. For sake of time, let's go down to verse 21. Go up against the land of Mariathem, as we read against it and against the inhabitants of Pecod. Waste and destroy them, says the Lord. Syria is going to fall. That's prophecy, but it's happening today. According to all that I have commanded you, a sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut asunder and broken. Now, who would that be? The hammer of the whole earth? Uh, Let's take a look at um, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 19. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse. Now this would be talking about the return of Jesus because if you go up to verse 16 or um, actually let's go to 15 out of his mouth goes a sharp sword and with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and tread the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture, on his clothes, and on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's in all caps. That means it's loud. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the fowls of the uh, heaven... Come and gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God, that you may eat the, king, the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and mighty men and horses, and of them that sit on them, the flesh of all men, both free and bond, great and small. And I saw the beast. And the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. They're fighting Christ. And the beast was, was taken. And with him the false prophet and, that wrought miracles before him, signs in his sight with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. Both of these were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. The remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse and the sword which proceeded out of his mouth, which I believe is Jesus' own words. And all the fowls of the earth were filled with their flesh. Now, how would you tell what this beast is, who the beast is, and who the false prophet is? Well, I would start with Matthew 7, verse 15 through 20. Let's just go there and see what that says. This is all tied together... And Jesus is the greatest of all the prophets, and he's much more than a prophet, let me tell you. He is God. No wonder he's such a genius. All of his words, if you'll notice, they're just loaded with wonderful, amazing uh, ideas and thoughts. It's just stunning to me. Verse 15, chapter 7, Matthew. Beware... Of false prophets, we just were talking about who's the false prophet, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but outwardly they are ravening wolves, i.e., beasts. He's right there in that one verse talking about the beast and the false prophet. Did you ever notice that? You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? of course not. So every good tree brings forth good fruit and every corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit and neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. I'm going to read that again. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that doesn't bring forth good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire. We were just reading that. It's going to be cast into the fire. Shall be cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Verse 20, chapter 19 of Revelation. So, by their fruits you shall know them. How do you know the beast and the false prophet by their fruits. Now, what are the fruits of Islam? What are the fruits of the beast and the false prophet? Well, they are hatred, lies, sorcery, and murder. Their thoughts and their actions are what he's talking about up here in... uh, In verse 20, they had received this mark of the beast. How can you tell what's the mark of the beast? It's in their foreheads and in their hands. Well, in their foreheads, that's their thoughts. It's not something tattooed on their forehead, 666 or something. No, it's their thoughts. And their actions follow their thoughts. Their thoughts are of hatred and murder and sorcery and lies. And that's exactly what they carry out. They chop off heads. Who chops off more heads than anybody on the planet? Well, the only ones that chop off heads typically are Muslims. You know, they're Muslims. So if you want to identify the beast, it's Islam. It's the Muslims. Now, the false prophet is not just Islam, it's all religion. All religion. Other than the worship of Jehovah, all religion is corrupt, it's generated by the devil himself. Now, the, um, in chapter 20, in verse 10, it kind of finishes this deal. It wraps it all together. Listen to this. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet were cast and uh, shall be tormented day and night forever. Now, a lot of people use that verse to show that hell is eternal conscious torment because the beast, the false prophet, and the devil were all cast there. And the devil's the king of hell. Well, no. No, 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 no. Let's let's get this straight. The devil is going to die. If you go over to Ezekiel 28 verse 18 Jeremiah Ezekiel Ezekiel 28 Well, let's see. Let's start in verse 13. You have been in the Garden of Eden. Every precious stone was your covering, and it details that. You are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created. He's not a born son of God. But then in verse, um, let's see, 19, all they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror and shall be no more. He's going to die. So he's not going to be the king of anything. He's going to be just a, an evil memory. And if the beast is an ideology like Islam, which it is, and the false prophet is all world religions, which are going to go away, these aren't talking about people living forever burning in the flames of hell. And that's a big subject that we all need to study more thoroughly. But anyway, I'm out of time. I thank you for listening for the day. Hopefully we'll pick this up again next week. But I care about you because you care about prophecy or you wouldn't be listening to my voice. And I'm not anything more than you are. I'm just a worshiper of the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent to save my neck. And I'm so grateful to have a Savior like him. I hope you are too. I hope you have a great day. Thanks again for tuning in.